Three, two, one. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today we're talking about the best exercises to build the lower body components. And I'm joined today with Curtis Howden. He is the president of the Dump Truck Club, and I am the president of the Small Buns Club. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Before we go into lower body, did you still want to talk about rhomboids and whatever other things you wanted to talk about? Yeah, we didn't talk about rhomboids. Is a rhomboid that like electric vacuum that rolls around and cleans your house automatically? Yeah, that's a Roomba. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> As opposed to a rhomboid. I don't think people know what the rhomboids are. Do you want to enlighten us via miming? Yeah, so... Audio miming. Yeah, rhomboids. Think about in between your shoulder blades. Um, they go slightly top to bottom, like coming from the spine down to each scapula like this so they technically do downward rotation and they retract the scapula so you know when people say yeah I retract but don't allow them to to kind of go up at, in the middle that's kind of what the rhomboid does so if your back looks like the inside of a spoon you might have underdeveloped rhomboids <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that would hurt somebody's feelings so bad well i'm not i didn't if call you, anyone if, out if you looked at a person that said that they <laughs> man that's so mean uh, yeah, but that, correct, that is also correct. Did we talk about lats? I don't think we got lats. We got pecs. Did we get lats? Lats don't matter. It's all about pecs. Okay. <laughs> You're so upset. <laughs> okay, lats. Best exercise for lats. Do you get two exercises or three, Mr. Howden? Oh, you gotta give me three. Three? You needy, beautiful person. Nice. Okay. So... The lats are very much like the pecs. There's three main divisions. They're a fanning muscle group. They all converge on the insertion on the humerus, like under your armpit here. And then they come down to your iliac crest, down in your hip, to your lumbar across like 45 degrees, and then over to your T-spine, your, your thoracic spine. So it's kind of like horizontal from your arm up. Um, for me, if you only gave me three exercises, I would absolutely choose pull around in the according direction for each one a pull around how yeah. can you audio audioly describe that so your where your starting point is from really depends on what part of the lat you're trying to work the bottom part of your lat coincides it's the exact opposite movement as the top part of your pec so if you think about like an incline press pull back down and across the other way and that's iliac lat if you're doing like sternal press which is more in the middle then do the opposite and it's lumbar lat. And then if you were to do kind of pressing high to low, like a dip or something like that, do the opposite and pull your elbow around. And that is thoracic lat. So you're essentially just choosing three different cable pull variations at varying angles. Correct. How do we dumb that down for people? Take a cable. Think about pulling your elbow down and narrow. Regardless of what angle it is, it's going to be lat. So is the cable eyeball height? It actually doesn't matter. You can choose low, medium, or high, and that'll change which lat uh, division you're working. But the big thing is the elbow path. Elbow path should be narrow because that's your lat pulls on the humerus, not the shoulder blades. So mm -hmm. if somebody's doing a lat pull down uh, with their hands wide, it's not that it doesn't have any lats in it. They'll be supportive for sure. 
But when somebody says squeeze your shoulder blades together in a pull down, that is going to be a rhomboid dominant pull down. Mm -hmm. So if you were to give me one drill for rhomboids, I would absolutely say wide grip chin up, which isn't popular PS. It would be pull up because your hands are over top, but that isn't going to be a popular answer. Most mm -hmm. people aren't going to like that, but something that's wide grip pulling high to low. Would you um, need to try to like arch the back more to like kind of lift more of the chest? Yeah, get, the sh get those rhomboids working, get those shoulder blades further together. I like that drill. You can do like a high row elbows up and squeeze. You'll see I can't get my elbows very far back there, but the middle of my back's going crazy and most people aren't very stable there. Mm -hmm. So that would be a good choice too because that's where a lot of people want to press from. And if you're trying to press from there, but you're not really strong and stable there, it's, it can be a, a challenge. Yeah. So for me, the thing that I would want to get across is, well, you'd want to select an exercise where your elbow path is wide, like a nice wide elbow path versus lats is going to be more narrow. Mm -hmm. And if you were to get after post delta, it would be like, like we had discussed last time, more of that 45 degree. You Elbows can row. back as far yeah. as you can get them. Absolutely. So like narrow, mid-range, high. Mid-range is going to be the furthest elbow back. Narrow and high aren't going to be that far back with the elbow, but that that would be how i would set it up so i think developing the lat those three different variation poles i think that's still hard for people to get their head around because they're not going to know those angles so we need to choose maybe something let's choose three exercises just to develop the back that people would be familiar ish with so like breaking it down by elbow path works really good mm -hmm. because you can choose any angle like if you want to do a pull down fine do a narrow grip pull down that works great and just push your elbows forward and, and pull them down towards your hips, not allowing them to go out and squeezing the shoulder blades. You could do the same with a seated row. Seated row with a narrow handle doesn't work great for mid-back. So, sorry, for the, this close grip lat pull down, yeah. pulling the elbows down to the hips, I think, is a hell of a lot of a different cue than rather like lifting your chest up and trying to arch the back and squeeze the shoulder blades. So you're talking about a little bit of like scapular protraction like, are you rounding the upper back to squeeze those lats in the bottom? Yeah, so basically what, what I would kind of, it gets kind of nerdy. But, like, you don't have to protract, but the lat doesn't attach to your scapula. In small, in very few cases it does, but it's not a primary mover on, on those scaps. So what you want to think about is you want to think about pushing the elbows forward and making this nice... Um, circle around like arcing let that arm arc and at the bottom you want to take that scapula and push it the direction that the, the the cable is going so if your cable is attached there your whole shoulder girdle goes away from it and it's it's not that i'm trying to move the scapula it's that i'm trying to take the humerus through a, a larger range of motion and that's that's really what differentiates when i'm training my lat versus my rhomboid and it doesn't it is a misnomer because it doesn't mean that the rhomboids are uninvolved they're still holding the the scapula on it's just what, what's what acting as a stabilizer, what's acting as a primary mover. And in the back, you've already alluded to this, the, the back is a complex area to work. There's a lot of different angles and a lot of different ways to change it. And it, it tends to be one of the least understood areas when I talk to people about it. Yeah. So if we're talking about, if we're on the same page, the three best exercises for overall development and growth and health, I guess, in the back. We're talking growth, though. Like if you want a big back. You're talking about V-grip lat pull-down is on your list? That could absolutely work. I would usually do it single arm, but it doesn't matter. You can do it bilateral. 
Single arm if you got more time, dual arm if you're running short on sure, time. Do it. Cut, yeah. cut, cut it in half. So what's the second one? Something wide grip. So you could do... How do you feel? Yeah, uh, like, you could do like high elbow row. You could do high, high elbow like wide pull down. Mm-hmm. Um, but something to get your shoulder blades coming together with your elbow in this kind of uh, wide out sort of position. Okay. And really when you see people that have great backs, they can do really simple exercises. But if they can target these areas well, it's, it's like, okay, I do something with my elbows narrow, do something with my elbows wide. Yeah. And then I do something mid-range, it's going to be like, wow. The back, the thing is, what makes a physique is shoulders. On a man is shoulders. Mm -hmm. You see the people that are winning bodybuilding contests and physique contests. uh, Shoulders are the foundation. And for women, shoulders and butt. I was going to say for for people, I guess, lifting out there, I found being in the industry a long time with a lot of guys, they want to like try to lift as much as possible. You're on the floor, you're on like the stage. So it's like always lifting heavy is chosen over quality of movement i guess and i think with those high like wide elbow ranges like you're gonna be way weaker like my seated row compared to a high elbow wide row it's like what double yeah well seated row with a narrow handle the elbows are gonna be low it's lat dominant Mm -hmm. it's gonna be strong very strong um but you know people have a hard time backing off the weight even if the intensity is still high like they can't do much it's Mm -hmm. just it's it's kind of like just sucking it up and getting her did but when you see like um a meadows row like a 45 degree with a barbell rowing up when you see somebody that's really strong on that you know that they're really freaking strong because that's a post delt row mm-hmm. and when you see somebody that's strong there just wait till you get to lats are you talking about uh, a landmine kind yeah. of like meadows row okay yeah um all right so that's that's the back yeah that's the back big juicy back right like the four turtles the four turtles okay lower body glutes glutes you want to start this one off aka the toilet seat i <laughs> i just so i what can't are we believe going? i didn't say philly top, last one top two exercises like if you're gonna do scottish you gotta say philly yeah you i know. look at the toilet seat on that philly you did you texted <laughs> it to me after oh, it was man. like oh it was crispy i didn't i didn't hit it right yeah glutes what do you think top two top three? Oh man yeah so i i would be actually pretty comfortable like if we say three i would choose something that was closed chain like a glute bridge i actually really like glute bridges from the floor mm-hmm. um it limits your range like a lot of people that are talking about cas glute bridges now and Kaz has locked in the anatomy really well and the setup and everything. And I'm a big fan of that um, for ease of setup. Just Even, so when Kaz does his glute bridge, is it elevated or is it on the floor? He does shoulders elevated almost all the time. But okay. it's, a, it's a limited range because when you're doing a glute bridge, you should see a vertical shin. When you start seeing the knee come rearward, that's when you're shifting pressure off of the glutes and the knee coming rearward is actually shifting into the lumbar and the yeah, quad. Yeah, you want the shit just vertical the That's whole right. time. So the CAS glute bridge is just saying we're going to use only the spot where we're getting the most load on the glute fibers. Yeah, and to me it's like half a bridge roughly. It's kind of like the top end of a bridge. Yeah, but so you don't go down all the way. Yeah, and people get sensitive about it. They're like, oh, just it's a hip thrust. It's like, no, it's not. It's it's really not. It's It's focusing on one particular muscle for a particular reason. So I would choose that for sure. RDL would be my second. Barbell or dumbbell RDLs. I actually really like um, trap bar. 
How do you define RDL to people? When I was younger, I think I defined it wrong. I used to define it as like the top half of a deadlift, but it's really not. No, it can be more, but like even Romanian deadlifts in general, you can say hamstring or glute dominant. Okay. And hamstring dominant is going to be your legs are almost straight. Yeah, that would be like a stiff leg deadlift. That's right. Yeah. So the RDL we could just say is more glute dominant than... Yeah, it's more of a glute dominant deadlift. You want to be shifting back to get your glutes lengthened. So it's almost more just focusing on a really deep hinge rather than bringing the weight to the floor as like as much as possible. Absolutely, like you're, you're looking you're looking to get as much load on your glutes. Especially, I like to say focus on that little crease between your hamstring and your glute, and that low part of your glute. If you can get into there and get feel that lengthened, that's great. If you go so far that you're tipping over and you feel just hamstrings, it shifts all into hamstrings. It's like yeah we're no longer getting after what we want. So Romanian deadlift, I would say glute-focused deadlift, that would be a little bit more knee bend, and, and you're really, you're, your range is going to be a little bit more limited. Getting into, uh, trying to crease the hip maximally together before squeezing your, your glutes to stand up. For that, specifically technique-wise, if you're doing an RDL like that, how geeky do you get on pelvic tilt? Being like, do you let people kind of like, are they trying to anteriorly pelvic tilt to increase that crease? Because it, it kind of does. I'm trying to keep them in the same position they started in. And really, when we're looking at the glutes, I would, I would bias it to be more neutralized or even slightly post-tilted versus if I was teaching somebody to Olympic lift. Mm. So how geeky do you get? I try not to get that geeky for the average person. If you have somebody that has some specific goals or dysfunction, then fine. But, you know, for the most part, I just say, yeah, leave it neutral and we're going to try to find our, our hips. But the best two cues that I've found is tuck your chin down so you don't overarch your lumbar. Overarching your lumbar is just going to shift load into there. Mm -hmm. So I really don't like the cue of overarch and, and get deeper into that crease by, by anterior tilting because what does that is your lumbar. And what do people so often say? Oh, it just hurts my back. It's like, yeah. You're overarching. Don't do that. Yeah. 12 years ago, I was like, oh man, RDL's right in the back, lower back. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can use them to train your back. You can. So, Cad's Bridge, RDL. The last one, I would say glute kickback. Absolutely. So, you how do you like to line that up? So, I like to, oh man, it's either that or like a drop step lunge, but let's say glute kickback. If we do a glute kickback, it's, we're going something open chain, right? So, you would want to set it up so that instead of straight forward and back, it comes a little bit in at the front and it kicks a little bit out at the back. So That's, slightly diagonal. Yes. Yeah, you like a We're standing? Like 10%. Standing is really great if you have the right, the right um, boot to step into. It works really well. Um, I like it like a half kneeling position, kind of like you're about to do a dumbbell row-ish, but like a higher bench. So you can kind of get like the supporting on the knee and then the other legs kicking back. Yeah, I, I like to put my other hands in front and then I can also set this sling up so I can have my knee up by the hip so I can get a longer range through. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of these things where if you just chose three things and you're like, yeah, Kaz glute bridge, RDL, and then you can go ahead and get into the kickback sort of zone. Those would work well for me. I don't think we're spinning any new information on that either because all the girls on TikTok, this information is pretty common knowledge for every girl that's flexing booty. Flex and boot. Flex and booty. What would you choose for hamstrings, Eric? That's a tough one. You know, hamstrings and quads I, I get torn up on, primarily because the only time my legs truly ever blew up was when I was just 
Olympic lifting like five days a week and my legs just exploded. And before then, they never, like if I was doing leg extension, like my quads never exploded. You could feel the quads, but they never exploded. Same thing with hamstring curls. I never got development until I was smashing my legs every day, just squats and pulls and deadlifts and everything. So I don't know, like if somebody wanted to blow up their legs, I don't think isolating those areas is the way you would want to go about it. So I'm kind of, kind of, I'm kind of lost on quads and hams. Okay. Okay. Quads. You want to start with quads? Yeah. And like, I could say leg extension. Yeah. So leg extension works really good. It does. But I, from, from my experience, I've noticed very similar to you that it can't be on its own. Okay. So like, I'm not the only yeah, person. Like leg extension is a good part of a, of a program. But if it's on its own and you're not using some pretty pretty interesting protocols, it's going to be really hard to get the sort of development people want. Mm-hmm. But people talk trash about the leg press, man. But leg press and hack squat, those are like high on my list. If you're looking for quad development. Like, yeah, that's the thing, though, is if, like, it still hits like the whole structure, like the whole system is getting taxed. Yeah, and, and you can bias it by putting like your heels closer to the bottom and getting into a really dorsiflex position. Mm-hmm. So you can do that, and I absolutely would. That's helped me rebuild so that I can squat again after. But that would limit your depth. Yeah, well, you want to put your heels at a level where you can get into a full. Still getting the depth. Full range, yeah. right? So, and you can lift your heels as well. If you have an ankle limitation, you can raise the heels and yeah. sit down into it more. But, you know, I would, I would absolutely say if we're talking development specifically, like you can, you can get into to squats and things like that. And this is going to turn into like, when we talk about what exercises are best, you, you have to talk about tempo. You have to talk about, um, protocol, mm-hmm. like okay, I would choose a different exercise in a sarcoplasmic phase than I would choose in a mechanical tension phase. Mm-hmm. So we're giving a nice overview of things that, that you can do, but when you start programming, you would choose different exercises based on what your goal of that phase is. So it only goes so far, but just in general, if somebody's trying to build bomb quads, I would choose heels at bottom, leg press, heels at bottom, hack squat, and then leg extension. Like, really simple, and they work. They do. You know, for me, I think I got caught up when we were at the gym a long time ago, even maybe before I met you, that it was all like, you know, the, my gym was like big three, like squat, bench, dead, squat, bench, dead. And if you're not squatting, like, you're, you're a loser. And now that I'm kind of out of that environment, I still feel like you can build some high-quality legs without squatting. Like, if you're doing big boy, big boy Bulgarian split squats and big boy lunges and... Think like things of that nature. I feel like you can still develop some some pretty beefy legs. Yeah, if you get somebody into like a knee forward lunge or a heels raised lunge that's quad biased, like yeah. it'll blow them up. But even outside of that, if like the three that I just gave you are things, the reason I chose them is because everyone can do them, mm-hmm. right? Like some of these really developed drills, they 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 can have a lot of effect. They can, but. For the average everyday person, these three drills are going to work really well. If you cycle the stimulus you're using, it'll work even better. And the biggest thing that I notice about people on legs is that they just stick with the same protocol too long. Do you think that maybe some people, like say from beginner to intermediate, might hit the legs too heavy and too hard on say like a leg press or hack squat and then 
that results in some kind of injury or discomfort and it slows them down because I feel like to develop like true leg strength, it takes a little bit longer than say push-up strength. I think garbage volume is a big issue. Hmm. And they're just trying to destroy their legs. It's like, no, I want you to work hard. I do. But like on a set of four by eight, your fourth set should be standalone. It should be good enough. Yeah. And if it's not, then you're, you're not executing well, you're not set up well, or there's a variety of other things that can go on, but I want people to work hard, but I don't want them to just keep doing drop set after drop set because they saw it on the Peloton app like that garbage volume just means it takes longer for you to recover before you can lift again. We should do an episode on garbage volume. Yeah, we should. We should. Okay. So that's quads, I guess, hamstrings. I'm falling into the same category though, where I think it's like, it needs to be crushed by something bigger than just an isolated drill. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, isolated drills. If you were to say, okay, which hamstring curl is best, the laying or the seated, I would choose seated uh, because it's a more lengthened position. Um, a lot of people don't like it because they're not very strong there because it's a more lengthened position. When you say lengthened um, position, just to try to dummy proof that when you're seated with your legs up, it's like you bending over to touch your toes. So the yeah. hamstring's already on a stretch. Correct. Yeah. So I would choose seated hamstring curl for that reason. I don't want to give both because I don't want to kind of muddy the, the, uh, message as far as, um, straight leg hamstring people don't really work that the hamstring is to bend your knee but it's also to extend your leg mm -hmm. and that function needs to be managed well and i would choose a 45 degree extension loaded i would so like a back extension yeah a roman chair is it a roman chair i think you can the call romans it that, call yeah. it that the 45 degree angle on that one will bias the hamstrings really well whereas a ghd is is a little bit more glute but yeah. If you get that 45 degree one and you really lock that in as far as technique and, and load, it really is tough. Yeah, I guess that would work better than like a stiff legged deadlift because the stiff leg, when you're starting to hinge so much, it's going to start more core, more low back. Yeah, I think when you start getting to the, the boundaries of your flexibility in an axial loaded drill, that's going to be a, a higher level drill. That's all. I'm not going to say it's dangerous or anything like that. I'm just going to say that people should probably get really good at the 45 degree bench before they start getting into the stiff leg RDL. Mm -hmm. And so I would choose that one. I would choose the hamstring curl. And outside of that, like what do you, what do you really need outside of that? If you're already training glutes in the fashion that we talked about, those are the, the ones that I would be like, here's your bare ass minimums. Like, yeah knee flexion and then leg extension that's what the hamstring does get that that's a that's a good choice what about your tibialis how do you get that pumped up Curtis? lift your toes baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah when it comes to calves and tibialis you we like, don't need to talk about tibialis yeah but when you get to the lower leg it's really important that if you don't have that control that you're training it and the calf for a, a lot of people um it's pretty easy to get that calf to train a little bit better. It's so reactive. It's so quick. If you get to the bottom and give it a long stretch before you let it go, you'll have a really good training effect on it. Um, but the calves can take a beating, man. Like they're, you're on your feet all darn day. So in my experience, most people need more lengthened positions in their calves, <coughs> but we don't need to be super fancy. You could do a regular ass calf race. You could, Mm -hmm. Um, changing your angles, toes in and toes out can have some benefit, but like just a regular straight leg and bent leg calf raise go a long way. Yeah. Calves is weird. 
Why? My brain just going off on a tangent, but I hurt my ankle uh, a couple years ago in volleyball, and I was skipping today and just thinking about calves. Like the calf strength feels equal, and my leg strength feels equal. My right leg's my dominant leg, so it's stronger. But when I was skipping, I started doing single leg skipping, and my left side, like the foot and the calf, felt way more stable than the right. When I was doing the right, I was like, "Am I gonna injure my foot? Like, is it gonna explode? Is it gonna fall off?" Just from not paying attention to it. I think that's how a lot of people handle and deal with injuries they just don't pay attention to it for so long that it becomes a bigger problem well the narrative around injury is something that we do have to discuss a little bit further but most of what is spoken about out there is like well this is tight or that is tight it's like no look at the joint what's missing at the joint Mm -hmm. it's just such a uh, such a better complete picture um but like if we checked on that ankle and it's like well it doesn't evert well and you fix that it would probably feel a lot better it's like yeah just check all the ranges what's missing inversion eversion dorsiflexion plantar flexion what's missing Mm -hmm. oh that's missing let's train that that tends to be a better way when we're looking at injury instead of looking at the muscular system we should look at the joint system because they have better feedback to go to the brain anyway Mm. but that's for another time if you have any questions that on things we've been talking about uh we can send through pictures being like hey this is kind of what we're talking about we could make a reel on it we could make a reel on it youtube short a tiktok yeah but when we start talking about this stuff, it, the basics of it, it's really hard to kind of manage this kind of basics versus the full and complete picture, which is what I see as the challenge online. It's like to be, br- to be brief but be correct is a challenging thing because, yeah, okay, if I only chose three exercises, I would choose this. But that's going to go on like what, what level of experience does this person have and, and what, what's their knowledge like and how deep do we want to get into this because... At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is throw darts and hit the board. Like if we can be perfect with our lat training and hit these fibers perfectly, that's great. But if you're doing something that is going to be in the general area and you can at least get on the board, that's a win. Because I think too many people are missing the dartboard. Yeah. That's the whole caveat of cutting through the hype. You know, this is is the best bicep exercise in the world, bro. Just do this one. But, uh, you know, there's more to that picture. Absolutely. Except our exercises. Those are the correct ones to build the best. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for watching. If you like the episode, like, comment, subscribe. Good day, Mr. Howden. Good day, sir. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. 